For more than 200 TV series and one-offs, Greenstone TV has been producing local shows for more than 20 years. And despite the many challenges facing the screen sector at the moment, it has a bunch of new shows in production this year. Long-running primetime hits include Border Patrol, Dog Squad and Renters, while documentaries include The Women of Pike River, Decades in Colour and Keeping It Pure. Greenstone's involved in drama too. Teen sci-fi thriller series The Cul-de-Sac, Kid Sister, has recently wrapped filming, and there's the Lucy Lawless show My Life is Murder. Ex-cop turns police consultant. He tells me you're the best investigator he's ever worked with. Oh, you say that like you don't believe him. Tomorrow the police found the gun that you threw in the harbour. You don't believe me. You genuinely think she was killed? Yes, I do. Are you planning on shooting me, Alexa? Silly. I am really happy to know I still got it. In fact, filming on the next series of My Life is Murder is scheduled to start tomorrow. But first, Greenstone's CEO, Rachel Anthony, explains the enduring appeal of their long-running motorway, highway and border patrol reality series. Those shows also sell all over the world. But I think first and foremost, we still always make them for a New Zealand audience. The humour, the tone, the way that the police interact with people, you know, out on the motorways, it's still so distinctly of this place. And I think if we were trying to make an international show, I don't know that that would work if you were trying to be all things to all people. But motorway patrol is so distinctly something that is made here and has that tone to it. And audiences continue to love it. So it's, it's still a really, really popular show for TV too. Well, Border Patrol will come back as the, the borders reopen, but I can't help thinking the fascination there is how people think they're going to get away with it. You know, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I mean, fa- my favourite story there is a woman who bought a cat in her hand luggage. We have no idea how she got on the plane, but it's still one for me that's just the, the audacity of it just makes me smile. Well, we're celebrating the fact that My Life is Murder has got another series here in New Zealand. Now, the the story behind that, Rachel, really interests me because the first series were filmed in Australia. And it's very obvious in the the storyline that um, Lucy's character, Lucy Lawless's character, has now come back to New Zealand, which is home, and is detecting over here. But how did Australia come to give it up? And how did we come to grab it? So the New Zealand spinoff came about when... There wasn't a likelihood of it going again in Australia. And Lucy was back in New Zealand because of COVID and was really keen to continue the story of Alexa Crow, who's such a wonderful character. And so we, Greenstone licensed the rights, um, had a chat to the characters. So we licensed the rights to Alexa Crow and Madison, her offsider. We spoke to TVNZ and we set about bringing together a table of fantastic New Zealand writers and adapting the story into a New Zealand spin-off. So it, it makes perfect sense as, an, as a New Zealand character, sorry, coming home. And we also had the real joy of being able to build into that story and create a rationale for her coming home, which included her brother, who Martin Henderson very ably uh, stepped in to, to play the role of Will Crow, Alexa's brother. And watching Lucy and Martin spar is just is, is a joyous piece of two of New Zealand's, you know, really finest actors working together is just, it's a delight. Now, you will have an eye to the overseas market, of course, and looking at Brokenwood Mysteries, yes. for example, which has been one of our most successful screen exports, um, phenomenally successful overseas. Do you see the potential? How is My Life as Murder going overseas? Brilliantly. It's a screen production 
funded project, so it is necessarily um, has international investment before we even start. So TVNZ are obviously our main partner broadcaster within New Zealand, but it's on Acorn TV in the US and many other countries, and our distribution partners sell it globally as well. So it's sold really widely through Europe um, and Central America already and looking at other territories at the moment. So that's fantastic. But necessarily now drama you know, at the scale, we need international finance up front. So a real delight when it travels and works with international audiences. And to be able to show off Auckland in the way that My Life is Murder does is also a real, is such a privilege and, and a really lovely thing to see. I guess that's part of what you're doing too with these overseas sales is you're selling the country. You're selling our landscape. That's what the screen industry has been doing for, for ages now. Absolutely. It's soft diplomacy in many ways, but it's also obviously fantastic for tourism. And that can be Auckland and the rest of Aotearoa under the vines are a great example with those beautiful South Island landscapes. This is a way of, of showing Aotearoa to the world in something that isn't just hobbits, right? And I think we can get distracted sometimes by those massive international productions, but there's a ton of really great New Zealand stories that aren't fantasy, that are set in the real world and in, in the country we all actively know and live in. Now, you're about to start production on My Life is Murder, and given the times in which we live, Rachel, um, how is that going to operate? How's it going to work? It remains to be seen a little bit with Omicron, right? It's, it's a challenge. Look, the screen sector, we are already, I think, the nature of our industry. We are agile and responsive and flexible and problem-solving. That's very much the kinds of people that are attracted to our sector, are people who know how to see a problem coming and head it off and to fix things. But it is certainly a really challenging time to be creating television. Our priority is keeping our people safe and well. The more we can keep our people safe and well, the more we can keep everyone in work. So it's, you know, from a health and safety standpoint, health and safety has always been incredibly important to the industry. Huge kudos to the work that Screen Safe and a huge number of producers and Sparta and all of the other guilds have done during this period to really shore up the protocols and just a massive tribute to all of those producers and line producers and health and safety officers who are really, really thinking it through. But we've got bubbles on set, we've got rat testing going on, and it's about a culture of really taking care of each other and looking out for each other and just having to take each day as it comes. We don't have much option. Notoriously for the screen sector, Rachel, you know, a day's lost filming is incredibly expensive. So there must be a lot of yep. planning and plans A, B, C, D, E through to Z yep. going on, hey? Absolutely. And I think that's possibly been one of the most exhausting things for our sector. Look, Greenstone's incredibly fortunate in that we've been really busy throughout the last two years. Our timings worked out all right. The first lockdown, you know, two years ago now, we had a lot in post-production at the time and were able to, to pivot to really just working from home for a lot of our stuff. But, you know, now we're in production as Omicron's surging and it is certainly challenging for sure. It's also just not as much fun, right? That's the thing is that all of the stuff, if you think about having to bubble up and have your cast in a bubble separate from your crew, and that's not how we work in this industry, you know, it's not, we're not hierarchical and we don't separate, you know, stars out from costume and grips. So it is, it's a strange thing to have things in bubbles and have people have masks on and, and you realise how much you communicate with all of your face. 
So there's a lot, there's stuff that's lost and it's just not social in the same way. You know, you're not having a beer after work and all of those things. So there's some stuff we're definitely missing. The reality is that things will change, but but I see that you've just had the series Kid Sister has just wrapped filming. So you've been you've been able to keep filming through the last few months. Yeah, look, Kid Sister had five days left to shoot when we needed to stand down. So, you know, we had someone who was a close contact had been on set, again, testing everyone. So we had a stand down. The team with extreme, again, agile, responsive, did what needed to be done to make sure that people were safe and that we could continue filming when we were able. And that show's just wrapped and it's a, a gem of a series. It's written by a young woman called Simone Nathan. It's a Jewish sitcom set in Auckland. Again, we'll be seeing lots of really iconic locations from Tamaki Makoto. And it's just, it's a funny joy. Um, so really excited for audiences to see that shortly later in the year on TVNZ On Demand. But we got through that, you know, that relatively lightly, I guess. We had a, a sort of five-day stand down in the end. So 2022 on paper, how's it looking for Greenstone? What what else is coming up? We've looked at some of the, you know, some of the, the better known products that the company comes out with, but any any new stuff coming out this year? We've got some really exciting new kids stuff. So Kids Sister is as our sitcom is, is new, but also we've in production on a really fabulous uh, new series called Explorer Club, which is for Hey Hey on the TVNZ On Demand platform. So it's just a gorgeous Tamariki series. We've had kids up glaciers in the South Island. It's following in the footsteps of early New Zealand explorers. So people like uh, Rōreka, who was the first person recorded crossing the Alps. So that's, you know, Wahine Māori who crossed the Alps for the first time and followed Ed's early climbs where he got his love of the mountains and the Alps and things. So we've had fun stuff happening. Any other drama series coming up this year? They, they tend to be the most expensive, don't they? Lots of really exciting projects that are in various stages of development that we're talking to the channels and platforms here and internationally about. I wonder on the documentary front if you have anything going. I mean, these are notoriously time-consuming. They you know, often take years of work. But I was thinking of the women of Pike River um, just today with the mm-hmm. news of the, the latest images coming through and how that is still yeah. you know, a, a gaping sore in our country's history and, of course, for the families. Yeah. So what about on the documentary front? Greenstone tends to work with small teams over a long time, and we actually have one documentary series that's been sitting quietly bubbling away when things happen that's been I think now we're at four years in the making we're able to dip in and out of a story like that that evolves in you know I can't talk much about it but it's but you know it's a long-running thing that's needed a very long time of stop and start to follow the story as things change we are in collaboration with Scotty Productions on a second series of Origins with Scotty Morrison that is also pending what we can do with borders opening and when they have to travel um, because obviously that series, uh, which is also on TVNZ On Demand, needs, so the next stage of that will need the borders to be open and it to be really safe for us to to travel internationally. The perception, I think, from people is now we've got so many streaming services and they're all starving, hungry, you know, for new content. You know, people are wanting to head to their streaming service and get a new series pretty much every day. I mean, has that changed the the landscape? You mentioned Acorn before as partners in My Life is Murder, but is that opening the floodgates for New Zealand companies like Greenstone? Look, I think for big budget projects where you can have an international partner and utilise the incredible benefit of 
that screen production grant, the rebate, it's fantastic because it does immediately get your work out to an international audience. And New Zealand On Air does not have finite resources. And it also has a slightly different mandate. You know, you can tell a more international story from New Zealand potentially than what New Zealand On Air's focus is, which is primarily for New Zealand audiences. And they have significance on their resources and what they can fund. So the more that we can find funding in different parts of the world. I mean, Kids Sisters is a great example. We have, it's a relatively low budget series, pretty low budget sitcom. And the majority of the support from that has come from New Zealand on air with a license fee from TVNZ, but also some European investment, not a huge amount, but it's made a significant difference to the budget. So it's a, you know, that's a really great thing to have where we can top things up. So there are absolutely more channels and the content that screen producers in Aotearoa create is, is such a high quality so there is a, I think a recognition of that but it is extremely competitive globally as well and we are in the global context a really small market I think one of the things that COVID has really done there's a lot of collaboration within the sector and there's been a lot of support between the various production companies and producers particularly through COVID and I think part of that is that recognition that we're not competing with each other we are competing with the rest of the world and it's where the US and UK and those traditional markets you know there's so much now coming from Europe and from Asia that we're competing with those other producers in those countries too. There has been speculation that having had a brain gain and held on to a lot of talent over the last two years while the borders were closed and we were still producing work, that we may be losing a lot of our of our screen talent over the next little while. You know, now Hollywood's reopened and uh, the, the screen sector is underway in Europe. I mean, do you have any concerns about that? Because you, you must, you know, you rely on your crew to be able to make the programmes. Look, I don't really have concerns. I think the sector has crew absolutely we rely on and that breadth and depth of talent. And there's also some amazing new people coming through, which is always great to see. But I think we've always been very mobile as a sector and having borders open means that that mobility can return. And that's as, that's as much about being able to access fantastic cast to come you know, and do a guest star role or come and, and do three months of work on something and then go to wherever else in the world they're working. The same goes for all of the technicians and the craftspeople and directors if and if they're going overseas and getting some experience I mean yes we absolutely want them to come back we want them to spend time here and work on New Zealand projects and a lot of a lot of our sector does that they will work on a big international show that might whether it's here or overseas that can pay them more than we can and then they'll come back and work on something that they're passionate about here and it's there's some real yin and yang to that I think. Incredibly, because you're so busy at Greenstone, you find time to work with um, Night Song. And I thought I would ask you some questions about this, because this is also timely in terms of pivoting and making things work in the time of, of COVID. Um, but tell us about Night Song's latest production and how we can see it. So Night Song is, for those who don't know, is a fantastically innovative New Zealand theatre company. Carl Bland and Ben Crowder are the lead creatives of that. And A Stab in the Dark was due to be... It premiered at the Auckland Arts Festival, but unfortunately it's needed to pivot to an on-demand delivery. So it can be, you know, the, you can still access it that way. And, and knowing how genius those guys are, I really suspect that the digital version will be a, a not particularly traditional. It's not going to be just a straight video recording of what you'd see on a stage. 
so it's it's starring Joel Tobek. The central question is, what would you do if you met your exact double? And um, then what if that double forced their way into your life and started to take it over? It's quite film noir. It uses these giant puppets. And it's, as usual for Night Song's work, quite absurd and visually beautiful. Do you think it'll be long before people feel comfortable to go out? I mean, this is one of the advantages, of course, that the screen industry has, is that you can watch it at home where you feel safe or you're isolating or or yeah. lockdown, whatever it is. You know, it's been, it has been quite of a golden time, I think, for, for the screen, a lifesaver, a distraction, you know, from what's going on. But, you know, for things like Night Song, for theatre companies, I get a sense it's just going to be a little while before you can sit side by side with strangers. And it's a shame, isn't it, that shared experience being lost? It absolutely is. And I think we need to be able to support the creative sector and the arts in particular as much as we can by buying a ticket to watch the live stream and to continue to support those people making art. You know, the screen sector has done extreme, you know, we've been really fortunate, most of us. There are, you know, for a lot of smaller people, it's been really hard too. The disruption can't be underestimated either with, with lockdowns and the, the impacts and demands and just how sort of relentless it has been. So while I'm so impressed with what our industry has achieved over COVID, it's come at a cost. You know, people are exhausted and we really have to be very careful, you know, and really keep an eye on people's overall well-being. Yeah, it's been tough. Rachel Anthony, the CEO of Greenstone,